Hello and welcome to the Bacash Podcast. My name is Don and across from me is Scott. Hello, Scott. Hey. Hey. That's my middle initial. Hey. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I kind of remember that. So it worked like I'm the only one where they actually bring up my full name. First, middle, last. I was like, what the heck? I was like, Wait, why what? me? Why do they do that? So when we're doing like IEPs and stuff like that, and they that ask for, for teacher signature. That individualized education plan. Uh-huh. Mm. So then I, it's like got my entire full name, and students are like, that's your middle name. It's like, shut up. No, I tell them to shut up later, not when we're in the parent conference. <laughs> no, I do in the, I do in the parent conference. Okay, that's right. like, <laughs> shut up, kid. D- depending on the parent, they're, they're usually okay with that. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm... Yeah. Okay, now I'm fired. Hey, what's up? All right, anyway. Yeah, I would not be a good teacher. Yeah, I, I don't I'd know. I'd be a great teacher. You would be an awesome teacher. Yeah, sit down and shut up, kid. <laughs> Professor Don's here. Like, Take Professor. notes. More notes. More. <laughs> I need to pee. I don't care. No pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh... But I need to go now. Everything I say is awesome. I beg, this will be on the test. <laughs> But Don, or Mr. Don, all you said was the, it will be uh, on the test. What did Don say at a precisely 10 a.m. on Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's, that's why I'm not a teacher. Okay. So in real life land, it's been a while <laughs> since we've recorded. Mm-hmm. So it's been, what, two weeks, three it's weeks? Been we, a missed, while. we missed two, yeah. at least. I so. think we had a couple work issues in there. Yeah. And then. Dude, I was in Minnesota. How is Minnesota? What is in Minnesota? Uh, snow. Oh, okay. And not a lot of heat. So just snow and not a lot of heat. And I had the flu. Oh, yeah. I read like on <laughs> Facebook. I was like, you're like, I'm dying. That's <laughs> so bad. Do you have like a little pukey thing? No, I had that when I came back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I went out and um, two of my kids had thrown up like, no, three of them. Three of them had had the throw-ups before I left, and I, like, didn't touch anything. Oh, wow. Like, I was, like, vinyl gloves, not touching, you know, trying mm-hmm. to... Because I didn't want to be, like, on the plane. Like, and it hit me, you know. Oh, that would suck. Uh, yeah, that'd be... <laughs> and so I get out there, and I end up, like, coughing a lot the first night, and then uh, fever, wanting to sleep a lot. I lived on NyQuil and DayQuil to get me through Because when I go out on site, I'm teaching... So I'm doing eight hours of teaching all day. Oh, so I was no. just like, this is awful. Um, one night I actually like bought like a thing of microwavable chicken soup. I was like, I just need something. <laughs> like I can't can't go out and eat. I just need something. You know, it was bad. I, wow. And then I came back and I got a stomach virus. And so I like, I, I don't worry, everybody. I've gained almost all of it back, but I dropped six pounds like in that <sighs> week and a half. That's crazy. So... It was a, so we, usually I actually don't get sick. Um, I'm around, and and now that my daughters are in school, they're doing a little bit better, but it used to be, I never got sick. I'd bring it home and everyone would get sick but me. And this, but the one thing that if I get sick, I get the, the uh, stomach virus and, and puking. And there was one day where this year I actually got the stomach virus and, um, two of, so two of the kids puked all night long. Or no, one puked the night before um, and puked a whole lot. Then the next one puked that morning. And then um, I was downstairs because I was feeling sick, puking. Sarah texted me because she didn't know why I went downstairs. <laughs> She's like, you're going to have to take the kids to school. I'm puking and Bash is puking too. And I was like, I can barely move. I'm making lesson plans in between the toilet and the bed. <laughs> oh, so your whole family like all at once was just... Right, and so... Hadessa uh, and Naomi, though. Wait, what should I be touching around here? No, that was a couple weeks ago, or actually a couple months ago. Oh, months. Okay. Yeah. No, right. no. It's it's a while. It's a while like, gone. Uh, and so then, um, so she's like, and then we told Hadessa and Naomi because they they were fine at the <coughs> time. We're like, we can't take you to school because neither of us could drive. We're they're like, like, no school. Yeah. They were so excited. They're like, yes. I was like, as soon as I can move, you're going to school. Don't you even try that one. Uh, but they were so excited because they couldn't get to school because neither Sarah or nor I could really walk. And we're puking, and then later on, the rest of the you know the rest of the family got it, and it's like, oh my gosh, it was miserable. Dude, when I did uh when I worked <laughs> at school, it's like I, like once or twice a year, I'd get the throw up, and I've told myself if I ever go back into uh, the network engineer stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm going to work on somebody else's computer. I'm I don't care. I'm putting on gloves. Mm-hmm. 
Like I'm not because t- I think that's where I always got it. Like you go into a lab and like, you know, all the kids are using the computers and you watch them not wash their hands, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. So well, I've got like a doctor so. friend and he, and he called us something really <laughs> cool. Um, and I was like, what is that? And he's like, oh, he's like, that's basically the stomach virus. And he's like, yeah, was that's it Noro like, or was it? No, it had a cool name or something. Oh. And it has something to do with the type of germs or whatever. He's like, yeah, and that's one of those. You just touch a doorknob or you touch anything. Yeah. And he's like, you're just gone. He's like, it's. And so you probably got it because they were always bringing their slimy hands to you to tell them to fix your laptops. And, right. Um, or the. Yeah. Like I said, I'd go into a lab where these four computers don't work, mm-hmm. you know, and they've all touched the keyboards and the mice. Yep, yep. Oh, I hate students. I'm never going back. Because I have students that bring their, their work. <laughs> they do it on laptops and computers now, so they bring up to, you know, bring up late work or something. Aww. And I got to touch them, and I got, like, a, a big thing of hand sanitizer right, not my, right next to my desk, and they, they go back and, like, scrape. Um, you, you know that doesn't uh, stop Noro? Oh, no. Well, the thing is, is in all honesty, I actually don't squirt as much as I should. So I'll just forget and get into the routine and then forget. And then I'm like, you know, I've probably touched my face and my coworkers make fun of me because I'll spill my food on the desk and I'll just pick it up and eat it anyway. Oh, heck no. And they're like, no. Like, what? And I was like, well, I, no. been, I don't get sick very often. I'm, I'm fine, right? It's the flu shot again. So, uh, yep. Yeah, we have one kid that did not get the flu in our family. <clears throat> Who's that? Uh, Eli. Oh, He's, wow. So... The, the flu shot worked for one kid okay, and did nothing for the rest See, the of the only reason I get the flu shot is because they pay me to get the flu shot. They give me 50 bucks to go get my flu what? shot. Yeah. I'm all happy with like the $5 Target gives me. Oh, no. They give me 50 bucks to, to get Aww. the flu shot, and it's free. So I'm like, all right. Can, can I borrow your ID and go <laughs> one? Shows you you already got one. Give me another. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting a bad year. Where's a my, really where, bad year. Where's my 50 bucks? <laughs> Yeah, we're like we talk like it goes around in our little work. I am like who has the best deal, like who's giving you the five bucks to go get the flu shot? <laughs> Target does it. No way. Go over there. You know. Kind nice. Of, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <coughs> so. Anyway, so yeah. All right. Two weeks off. I'm back. I'm well right now. And and when you're listening in the middle of the summer, you'll be like the yeah. flu. Why, why'd you get in the flu in the summer? Well, hey, it's it was 73 oh, I on my car thermometer today, and that's March. However, tomorrow is supposed to be rainy, but still warm. Yeah. And then Friday, though, yeah. is supposed to be like back in the 40s. So, yeah. I mean, we're playing paintball at school on Friday. So, I'm, I'm good with that. That's a good temperature, but you can then send Outdoor? it back into the city. Yeah. Why would you not play it? How would you play it? I guess you could play indoor. Yeah. I've done, I used to play I've done that. Indoor. Yeah. We used to play tournaments indoor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, how could you play anyway? Yes. I, I was not. So we, we had a team called the Psycho Clowns. We were not good, and we were college broke college students who had really bad guns who played against like people with thousand dollar guns. We almost never won. I think we won one match, <laughs> and that was just because like they had like thousand dollar guns and they all malfunctioned during that. We're like, woo! <laughs> so we saw. I took uh, my oldest to the batting cages mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend, and there is a soccer place primarily and it was like sunday rec league day kind of thing like we just went to go swing the bat a little bit in the afternoon and like these guys come in like you know our age and older out of shape to go play soccer (laughs) (laughs) i was like man at least they're having fun but i i'm thinking about you and your ultimate frisbee oh yeah (laughs) i wonder how many of those guys like oh everything hurts like none of them looked like they were you know, in soccer shape. I'll put nice. it, I'll leave okay. it that way. But they all had uniforms on, so they obviously paid to have their rec league. Nice. But. So so Don's referring to, so I teach at a Montessori high school, an inner city Montessori high school, and we shut down the school for, for two weeks in the spring. We have intensive courses, and the one that, that, that I teach is focused on sports that, that most people don't usually play. And so we were outside playing kill for that ultimate high, frisbee high today. And so we're playing, and, and it's great when me being, okay, I just turned 39 last week. Old, but anyway, so when, when, when I'm being able to go against a bunch of high school um, a bunch of high school students, some of them athletes, some of them not being able to keep up with them, kind of makes me feel a little bit good. Um, <laughs> the problem is, is I'm short, so, so they're all taller than I am, and, and I'm trying to reach for this Frisbee in the air. But, but I was doing really good. We got into like a pylon, and then I ran, moved really quick, slipped, and then like I... Uh, messed up my foot and they're like uh, so then then at that point I start to feel old again I guess and they're like Mr. Sluke you can be able to play paintball on Friday I was like oh yeah 
I get any chance to play paintball against you, I got a couple paintballs with your name on it. So I was like, I'll be playing on crutches if I have so to. So you'd be out there with like one of those big boots. Like, <laughs> they're like, you better crutch fast. I was like, bring it on. So if one of the kids um, like did something to you, would you recommend they die for their sin or would you think their parents should take the hit? You know... Hmm. <laughs> if I were to go Old Testament, I'd say that they should go ahead and um, have to uh, stand up for their own sin, but their parents should not have to do that. By the way, I opened your windows. <laughs> I was like, maybe we'll feel the warmth come in. No, those are little windows. No, those are tiny windows. Um, yeah, so that's a nice segue. Right that was awesome. <laughs> What was our time into banter this week? Was that bad? Um, it was it was headed there. Actually, oh. it was less than normal, but oh, I wanted to. Oh, okay. I wanted to make, well, now it's normal. Okay, <laughs> sorry. All right. So in 2416, so we're in Deuteronomy 2416, and we're going through all kinds of different laws. Um, like little, it's almost like if you got the handbook and it had like the snippets of the laws in yeah. it, like kind of placed throughout. So, so it's like a summary of, it's like a combination of Exodus, Leviticus, and a little bit of numbers all thrown into Deuteronomy. And ultimately Moses is reminding them, you're about ready to get some land, which God has promised you. And this is the way that you're supposed to live when you get there. Um, so some of them are, are very interesting. Um, some of them um, involve us being able to, to tell you that you, you might not want your kids to listen around this verse. I think we're pretty much good today, yeah, so I think we're safe. Depending on how far we go. but Yeah, because there's some... Oh, that's true, because there's some stuff in 25 where it's like, ooh, really? Right. I did not know that. So we'll see how far we get today, and we should be all cool. right. We'll warn you. We'll all see. right. Yeah. So anyway, 2416. So, uh, yeah, so that being said, uh, we'll try and keep this one as safe as possible. Right. Yeah. And then if we get close to that, then we'll warn you to turn it off and come back when your kids aren't in the car or wherever you listen to it at. Right. So 24, Deuteronomy 24, verse 16, it says, Fathers shall not be put to death because of their children, nor shall children um, be put to death because of their fathers. Each one shall be put to death for his own son. Sin. Um, so a little bit. Uh, what sin. I said. What I say? Sin. Son. Sin, yes. Sin. <laughs> yeah, if you have a boy, <laughs> Old Testament times. See, that's why I got girls. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, it sounds slightly violent. Um, however... Actually, this is one where you want the kids to listen. Listen up, kids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get put to death for your stupidity and sin. Right. You'll get put to death for that. And then you can explain why they have to die. So basically, this one is um, uh, asking how far uphill does the blame go mm-hmm. uh, when matters consider, like, consist of things that would involve some sort of... Uh, uh, like capital punishment. Mm-hmm. So if, if the child did something deserving of death, what what role do the parents or what responsibility do the parents play in this particular... Uh, I keep reading the wrong note. And I'm it, like, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> and it was more common in other Near Eastern areas during this time. So um, in other ancient Near Eastern areas, um, many times it kind of counters their laws where, where the parents at times could be put to death for the sins mm-hmm. of their um, their kids. Uh, and so it kind of, once again, as, as we've seen many times, kind of counters the law of the time period and the culture surrounding um, Israel and, and where they're going into um, being the promised land. Yeah. And there's also a, if you've listened to us at any time, you'll know that there's a big uh, communal or nationwide focus on uh the status of the entire nation, like people have to go outside the camp, people have to obey the laws. When you get into Joshua, you'll see that um, there are points where the nation is hurt because of one man's sin or one person's sin. So you have this like big national focus on purity. And even in some of the stuff we just uh, talked about not too long ago, there's more of a uh, like uh, God walking around the camp. And I'll keep this child level, um, not wanting to see anything that would basically bring some kind of guilt onto the entire uh, army during like an encampment and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you see these high focuses on how the nation acts concerning each other and how God uh, judges and bases punishment based on how the entire nation of Israel acts. But these verses here, or this, is it just one sixteen? Yeah, just um, 16. Is basically saying, hey, there is a national... 
accountability, but there's also an individual accountability that has to take place. Like you're not just going to say, um, you can't just say, Hey, I I killed that guy, but it was my dad's fault or it's the nation's fault. Everybody's going to be punished because of me in an effort to kind of spare your own life. But you also get that reminder that there's a, uh, personal accountability that takes place. So even though they have to think on behalf of the nation at large, they also have to think about their own uh, character and right. what they do. Yeah, and, and to make sure that that you know your criminal law is is set up in a just manner where where people, um, where people are protected. Yes. So all right, anything else? No, I think that's that's basically it. All right. So Five minutes ne- to discuss one <coughs> sentence. Oh, yeah. We will get through 24. The podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so chapter 24, verse 17 through 22. This is kind of a shout out to the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. Um, I thought you were going to say like sojourn community churches. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I yeah. didn't know that you were a big church planting guy. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, so you shall not pervert the justice due to the sojourner or to the fatherless or... Take a widow's, a widow's garment and pledge, but you shall remember that you are a slave in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Um, therefore, I command you to do this. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. And the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat your olive trees, you shall not go over them again. It shall, shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not strip it afterward. It shall be for the... So this is where I pause and all of you say this in your head. The sojourner, the, the fatherless, and, and the, the widow. widow. You shall remember that you are a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this. Dun, dun, dun. All right, what you got? Um, not as much as I thought I would get. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, there's definitely some pretty uh, good things that we can talk about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, let me see if I'm trying to go through my notes here quickly because I kept reading the wrong set. Uh we, I think one of the big ones we see is in 17, excuse me, <coughs> sorry, do not deprive the alien or the fatherless of justice, take the cloak as a pledge, all that stuff. Uh, wait, is that the right verse? Yeah, remember uh, yeah. you were slaves in Egypt and all that kind of stuff. Um, you see, uh, once again, kind of a preservation of justice. We talked about that, like there's preservation of the law. Um, but we also see that... Uh, and when you look at this kind of at a, a, I don't want to say the flipped sort of way, but in another sort of way is that the people um, are the instruments chosen to do the divine work. Is I think that's how Grisanti put it uh, in his commentary, is that they are set out to do, uh, to be the instruments that continue to do justice on behalf of what's going on. And that kind of leads into the entire set entire section of verses there um you know you oh i see you i saw you looking trying to figure out where i was reading that was the niv that i just read sorry i apologize no that's fine back to the esv um the sojourner is the term that was swapped out for alien and niv okay um you should not pervert the justice due to the sojourner or the fatherless or the widow um or sorry or take the widow's garment and pledge but you shall remember that you were a slave in egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this. It's that last uh, bit there where it says, as God redeemed you, therefore, I command you to do this as well. So as I did to you, I command you to do to other people because they are, uh, and we've said this before as well, kind of the ambassadors of God in their country, in the place that they're going, and to each other. So they're to act and have the same, uh, I don't want to say attributes, but I guess in a way the same attributes and the same attitudes in the same, you, you know, I can't think of the word. It's a, it's a tip of my tongue. I, I, I. Yeah, but they're supposed to basically be God's divine instruments and do as he would have done well, or some, as he's doing. Well, sometimes when you, you get a position of power or you get money and things are in a good spot, you forget where it is that you came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people start out uh, sometimes low, and then they forget when they get to that position that... that 
well, if we go back to the beginning of Deuteronomy, lest you forget that, <laughs> and how many times do we hear that, hear that in the beginning episodes of, of Deuteronomy where God's like, lest you forget that, that it wasn't you, right. it was ultimately that God has provided all of these things. And I think um, God's reminding him here, lest you forget, you know, look, I, I, you were slaves in Egypt um, and God redeemed you. You are in a very similar position. Should you not be thinking about those that are in that position as well? And it's kind of fun to be able to see how God really makes it part of the heart of the community to take care of, of those that might be seen um, as lower in society or may not have as many opportunities as, as some of the more wealthy or, or some of the more powerful, but, but it's in their DNA to make sure that everyone in the community is treated fairly, mm-hmm. um, has food to eat, is provided opportunities for success. And I think all of these various... Um, things that are, that are listed here is trying to protect those people that, that almost have no one. I mean, you're talking about a sojourner. I mean, they're not even from around here. You're, you're talking about the fatherless, the orphan. They, they, don't, they don't really have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, what was the, I should remember this. I read it. And the widow who, I mean, they're their husband. And, and back then, the husband, I mean, if you don't have a man, then ultimately you might not be protected from losing your inheritance and all of that. So yeah, the the um, one of the commentaries I read referred to everybody is a is the three that are looked out for here the the landless people. Okay, oh, they're okay. the people that are not partaking in the blessing of getting land. Right. So and land yeah. was the inheritance. I mean, that means that they right. got nothing. It, it was very common if the if the widow was not married to a, a brother of her husband, she would be sent back home, mm-hmm. basically to possibly, you know basically wind up an old maid in, right. in many cases. Um, the fatherless, the orphan, once again, um, may not be looked out for, especially if there's no near relative to take care of them. And then um, the alien or sojourner is obviously someone who's not part of the Israelite community, so they might not have, or they won't have any land because they have no inheritance <coughs> in Canaan. So, yeah, there's yeah. definitely that. They're all three <coughs> the landless people. And I feel like our country in specific and, and just our culture in general is very much the opposite of this. I mean, protect what you can. Um, Don't don't give more. I mean, this is my money. They can take care of themselves. Well, they wouldn't be in that position if... And there's so many excuses as to why we can't go ahead and help. And and that comes back to the... We are those divine instruments. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear this, especially, once again, in kind of even American Christianity. Um, I, I hate putting those two together. Um, like is is yeah. a, a sect, mm-hmm. um, but that sect will often say, "Yeah, we are not to be providing welfare for." And I'm not talking about the state welfare system. I'm talking about taking care of people. Right. Um, so you know, you can take your pitchfork down just a little bit, um, but they'll say that it's not our position to take care of these people. It's not our position to do this. But once again, we are that divine uh, instrument that's supposed to take care of it, and we see. Um, some very specific layouts here once you get past those first couple of verses, but you're you're doing some New Testament searching there. What you got? I am. You, you can see the red, huh? Uh, <laughs> so and a lot less pages to the right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, our family has been studying Matthew five, and we're or Matthew. We've been studying Matthew, and we're in Matthew five, what, six, and seven. That's what our church is going through right now. Oh, is it? So you might as well come to my church and listen to the expository preaching of Matthew. <laughs> That's what I'm teaching. We're doing some expository uh, Bible studies at night. I, I threw out all those <coughs> stupid little kid things that they do, and I was like, this is awesome, and, and, and my daughters eat it up. But anyway, I am learning. So, so Jesus goes back to the Old Testament and really goes back to Deuteronomy a whole lot here. And he says, um, you have heard that it was said, and most of the time that means that they're going back to Old Testament type stuff. And, and actually... You know, many times people say, "Well, I'm a I'm a New Testament Christian, not an Old Testament." I was like, "I don't get the Old Testament. They're such a mean, violent." That translates, "I'm an American Christian." Right. <laughs> That's such a mean, violent God, and it's like, well, actually, Jesus is more hardcore with all of His commands than we are, and He actually says, and, and I gotta find it. Um, I've got my notes actually in a different Bible for Matthew, um, but but ultimately, he says as he turns the page, and there's like three columns of notes. Yeah, but that's not normal. I should have a lot more if I'm uh, oh, being sorry. legit. Sorry. Um, 
But anyway, he said, okay, so do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. So, I mean... Oh, yeah, I was... Yeah. It's like, ooh, that's harsh. And so it's like, well, how many times have people wanted money or wanted to borrow or... And, and I think that's not even the one I was looking for because I think there's another one um, that, that takes it even further. But it's, it's like, well, you know, how much... There is another one. I want to find it, but I, I don't. Anyway, I don't want to keep you guys waiting. But anyway, man, Jesus takes it to a whole higher extreme where we're like, well, we got to hold on to our stuff. And Jesus is like, well, if someone asks, you should help them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not one of those that, well, you should first go ahead, see if you got the money in your bank account, and then go ahead and, and divvy money up from there. But but you should help the one that, that, that's asking. But this is a lot of people. So it's it's no secret that I... Um, subscribe to a Calvinistic soteriology. So I believe sovereignty of God. I believe that God ordains things to happen, etc. And the question that often comes up is, so if you believe God ordains things to happen, then why would you pray? Why would you pray for things to happen? And it all goes back to that God uses us, his people. We're his number one like means of his will progressing. Like the the church at large is what pushes his agenda like through the world. It, it, he uses his people. We are co-laborers, not, you know, um, like we're not just supposed to sit back and watch God do all the work. Like we are um, commissioned by him to go and do. Um, so that's why we pray, because we pray to learn his will so that we know what he's doing to uh ask him to move, to ask him to do things. He moves through our prayer, so on and so forth. And it's just, we, <clears throat> excuse me. It, it, it's like we get so paralyzed, I guess. Is that the right word? Like we don't, it, it's almost like it's too much work for us to ask God to move. It's too much work for us to uh, love our neighbor. It's too much work for us to give to the borrower. It's, and it's not that it's legitimately too much work. It's that it threatens our personal kingdoms, mm-hmm. I would say. Well, so I'm finding out, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about my my current home life, um, but we are dealing with multiple non-Christians, um, kids that are um, theirs, and... Um, I'm fine, and in Matthew five, and in some of those, very much go. Uh, they 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 fit within our life scenario and situation yeah. right now, and really, they actually always do. But I'm learning that I am a horribly selfish man, and sometimes yes, you my, are. Thank you. I appreciate that <laughs> encouragement. See, that's why you have good Christian believers to to walk behind you and uh, and thump you over the right. head. With- <laughs> um, <coughs> And and so it's one of those that, that I'm learning that I'm a horribly selfish man and I want to hold on to things that I feel are mine. Um, and sometimes that just might be time. Sometimes that's money. Um, sometimes that's resources. Sometimes I just want to be a stubborn pain in the... Because um, of the situation, you know, it's, it's here's how I'm being treated, so I need to... Mm, and the, and the thing is, is, is that's hard to not do. Um, I've come to the conclusion that it actually is hard to be a Christian. And without Jesus being there um, to help me get past that selfishness and truly be able to be obedient as God wants me to be obedient, man, I can't do it. Um, I'd argue it's impossible oh, yeah. to be, you know, it's a, we are constantly wanting to turn back to our sin nature. We want to, yeah. uh, like... We, we want to satisfy the flesh in, in every way. I mean, we, <laughs> we, we, you say you're selfish with time, money, and it, like, you know, you kind of cover the gamut there, but it is very true. We, how often do we or do I uh, say, well, I'm doing this because I deserve this. Mm-hmm. I, this. I deserve these 10 minutes. I deserve this ice cream. I deserve this uh, self-reward of whatever it happens to be. Um, because we feel that we've put, we've paid our dues. We've put mm-hmm. our, our two cents in and everything's fine, you know? Right. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I've, I've used my, uh, tithe as justification before, like mm. to, 
spend the extra money on myself. Like, well, I've tithed, so I've already taken care of that. So I deserve right. to use this money when in reality, all my money is God's money right. and I should be using it uh, prayerfully and as such. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is with studying, with studying Matthew, um, I always, you know, I think I've always misunderstood the Beatitudes, but it's actually kind of a recently I've noticed how it's a beautiful picture of God's provision because the things that are that we're asked to do in the Beatitudes, we can't do it like and we go back and it's a beautiful picture of God's provision blessings on. And so it's God providing those blessings so that you can fulfill what's being asked and and. Um, many times I've gone back to blessed are the poor in spirit because I, I realize how spiritually inadequate I really am. Um, and, and, and again, spiritually bankrupt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go on. So anyway, so it's a beautiful picture of God's provision. Um, however, there, there's that aspect of obedience and our heart ultimately needs to be in that place. Um, and so blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And so it's, um, I think that's the right one, but anyway, <laughs> I just, moved out of Matthew, but, but it's one of those that, I mean, we need to be in that, that obedient heart, um, and in that mindset. And although we might not be perfect, I think that's partially what we see right here is not holding on to our stuff, not going back for that last little grape or whatever, because that's ours or we can use it or that's money lost. But remembering that, that it's actually fulfilling a need within the community of other people that we're, we're supposed to be taken care of. Well, it, what's interesting about... Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I this is sound kind of weird, but in my mind, I'm just now transitioning to 19. <laughs> like those, that, the verses below that. Oh. but Because um, there's like some little neat bits and pieces in there. So it says, when you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field... Uh, you shall not go back and get it. So the other one, it says, um, this is the olive tree. When you, it's verse 20. When you beat your olive trees, you shall not go over them again. Um, when you, in 21, when you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not strip it afterwards. So there's basically two, almost three. Di- Do you have to get that? No. Oh, okay. There's two or three different ways that they're supposed to leave provision behind. So the first one is, uh, basically, the equaling, you gathered everything up, put it on a cart, and you forgot that pile, so you left it behind. Um, it is a unintentional leaving. It's what you unintentionally leave behind. You're not supposed to go back and get. So, putting this in today's would be if you were a, you know, uh, farmer who had a banana crop and you were sending it to Kroger. And Kroger was going to pay you a dollar per banana or whatever the heck they pay. Bananas are cheaper than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kroger was going to pay you a penny per banana or whatever. Um, so you loaded up your 50 pallets of bananas and then you left one pallet. Be- Do bananas come on pallets? Um, you yeah, left, I, I don't know. I, I'm still in the process of going, what's a banana? Ch- or uh, You're like banana. Cr- I forget what you said, but I was like, what's a banana crop? Go you, on. You, know, crop, you know, you picked all your bananas and you left I one know. pallet behind and forgot to load it on the truck. This would be saying you leave that pellet behind and Kroger's not going to pay you mm-hmm. for that. Like you're going to get your money, but that one's going to be given away basically. But so it's, it's that I just think it's a, I'll give you a second. Um, it's interesting. The first one is what you forgot. The next one is intentionally leave it behind. And the last one is don't scorch earth it. Like don't go and find every single drop. So like it's one's that intentional, one is that thorough, and one is that like. Don't be greedy. Mm. So there's kind of three levels there. But what were you going to say? Well, it's very anti our culture. Like our culture is squeeze everything out of anybody that you right. can get. I mean, and it's your banana crop, so you deserve the money for that. Or, or it's your it's your grapes, and and I and and here I think we're we're reminded that it, they're not ours. It's God's, um, and we shouldn't be milking everything out just to get what we think we deserve. Um, and, and I think it's a, it's a, um, a mindset shift. It's, it's, um, re- desiring to, again, not that we're all going to be perfect, but, but it's wanting to be obedient to how God has called us to live. Um, and we find out that when we do, it's really actually amazing. In fact, I mean, there's times where God's like, well, you'll live longer in the land if this is how you live. Right. And so you really see how, 
and I think Moses actually sings about this later on, um, about the blessings and the curses, and if we, <laughs> if you choose to be obedient and follow and and not, and so you really genuinely see how God sets up a society that when we're obedient and we choose to follow that, it works well, not just in our relationship with Him, but in the relationship with how the people interact and live in that society. Now, spoiler alert, unfortunately, if you read the Old Testament, um, Israel did not do this kind of stuff well. In fact, I, I think Moses, or not Moses, but some of the prophets get on them for the very thing that Moses is telling them not to do right here. Um, yeah, you definitely hit that in the uh, in the prophets later on of like yeah. not taking care of the... But like it's attributed as one of the greatest sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, gosh, which prophet is that? It's one of the H1s. Um, talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. And basically says that like their chief sin is they did not keep take care of the widow and orphan. But how often do we equate Sodom and Gomorrah with some kind of like sexual impropriety? Yeah. And say that was the that's why fire rained down from heaven. In reality, it was because they they were apparently ripping off the poor and yep. uh, and actually most of the minor prophets have have that as a reoccurring theme. Um, is their injustice and their mistreatment of the orphans and widows and that sort of thing. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty common theme with with how Israel chooses to disobey um, and really how God um, disciplines them because of their choices to um, what really be very selfish and and, and not um, watch out for the entire community and society as he asked them to. I think one of the um, kind of a modern-day company and i'm not we're not sponsored by anybody um and i'm not necessarily endorsing anybody either i'm just telling you an example uh panera bread used to donate uh when i worked at the vineyard i think you were there at the time Mm -hmm. too they would donate all their uh leftover bread from that day to the mercy works Mm -hmm. which was like basically a food pantry that the church had um they were not like after every last penny. They didn't just throw it in a dumpster like many restaurants actually do. It's unfit for anything. They're afraid to donate it because they're afraid to get sued or something, you know. But like right. Panera would actually donate that leftover bread and uh, they would put in racks by the door. And as long as the church is open during their hour, you know, if mm-hmm. they're open nine to nine or whatever, um, you could come in and grab bread. And there's a lot of people from some apartments nearby that would come in and grab free bread basically yep. and that's like one of the times that i've seen these take place because like you said nowadays we're in a world where every you know they would sell that nowadays well not the panera does this but many companies would probably sell that as like day old bread only a dollar like mm-hmm. they would try and squeeze every last oh yeah penny absolutely absolutely <laughs> manager special <laughs> yeah oh, we buy a lot of that you yeah know, like, absolutely you got a big family man you gotta like, absolutely you gotta like, get that 22 cent pasta box <laughs> <laughs> which is still more expensive cents. than aldi's but anyway oh dude i love that place. i do too i wonder what they I, i'd be interested to look in to see what they do mm-hmm. with leftover food and stuff because i spend like 150 there is like 300 at Kroger. I was like, Ooh. oh, we sometimes like I'll come home and my wife will give me a list like we need X, Y, Z, whatever. Can you grab it? And I'll I'll just jump into Kroger and grab mm-hmm. it. And I'll be like, come in the door. Like, Honey, this is 45 bucks. Yeah. Like this wasn't even all that much stuff. It's like at Aldi, 45 bucks is like seven meals. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, so uh, you know what companies we support um, yeah. or how broke we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either one. I got, I got. Seven mouths to feed and a dog. Oh, <laughs> all right. Last tangent. My, uh, I got a dog for my cousin, and she told us the dog food they use. Mm-hmm. And so we were looking, and uh, we bought one bag of it, but that's the last bag we're buying. She's like, this is what they gave the dog at the shelter when I picked it up, and I just didn't want the dog to have any stomach issues from switching food out or whatever. Dude, $37 for a bag of dog food. What? <laughs> we bought one bag. I was like, yeah, we're going to like, we're going to buy another bag and we're going to start like inter like weaving mm-hmm. the two kinds. <laughs> Cause dude, I, I, I like the dog, <laughs> <laughs> but I got, I got seven people mouths to be. <laughs> see, see, you're nicer. When, when we had a dog, man, we, we went for the, we went to Kroger. I think they had some like old yellow brand, uh, old yellow, old yellow. Yeah, yeah. dude, that, that's legit. Which is like I still a think that's big hilarious. bag. It's like for like twenty bucks or yeah. something. It was a big bag. We had a small dog. I was like, oh yeah, dude. I, the, the, <laughs> so this wasn't even like the giant bag. This is like the 
second biggest bag. Ooh. But most of the, I like looked at like the the one with the wolf or whatever, the blue wolf or whatever, was like twelve bucks for the same size bag, and that's the put. Imes was like seventeen. Wow! Like I was like, dude, I could have gotten like what some people consider expensive stuff over this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pronounce it. It's like Yukanuba. Yukanuba. Oh. Yukanuba. And like I had to order from Amazon because I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. That well, dog getting that dog like, getting cheap food. That's like that Whole Foods type uh, Whole dog food. food. Dog, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm not quite sure how that fits into what we're talking about. So anyway. Um, I'm saving money so I can give it to somebody else. There you go. So he is making sure that he doesn't pick all his grapes. So, um, yeah. hey, there's one last... I mean, we can keep talking about okay. this because I, I like this conversation. But um, one thing that uh, Grisanti recommends is the translation for the verses. Let me find the actual... Um, let me see where he... Uh, it might be in the NIV. He has the better translation. I never thought I'd say that out loud. Moment of silence. Um, it says verses. I I put a big swath of verses that that like appeared in. So, so you're trying to figure out which verse it is. Yeah. But basically, what he says is that the uh, well, I could read down here and see probably. But the better translation indicate. Oh gosh, it's the verb. Um, to be in here. That's why I'm not sure where it is. Uh, but basically, it refers to all the crops as a possession mm-hmm. is the way. And he's got the uh, the Hebrew in here, which is like H-Y-H. I'm not sure how you would pronounce that. <laughs> Maybe you Hebrew scholars. Um, he says, um, this indicates possession or ownership. The crops left behind are viewed as a possession of the needy in Israel. And the translation would be, leave what remains as it belongs to the widow, the orphan. Um, it's not even a question of can you take it? It's a question of ownership, and the ownership has been transferred divinely from you to the needy. Yeah, um, Christopher Wright kind of uh, follows that same direction, um, uses a little bit different words, but it, but he says that it's not a handout. Um, so these are not a <laughs> gift from you to them. These are not handouts, but these are actually rights um, that ah, have been word. given to um, these uh, to the fatherless, the widow, and the orphan. Uh, wait, the same thing. Father, sojourner, and the widow. Um, <laughs> we'll call them the landless. All of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, but ultimately, these are provisions that have been given to them from God. And so it's not like you're doing anything um, right. because it, it's not a handout, but these are rights that God has given to them. Um, and these are, are, are things that God wants you to do for these people. So looking at this nowadays, like with us like wringing out every last penny, but even going on to the subject of food itself, like neither you or I are like fat people, Mm-mm. but uh, we're also we're also we're also healthy, mm-hmm. like maybe a slightly healthier than ours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of times, like we worry about where our next meal is going to come from, or what we're going to eat that day or whatever happens to be like, we completely say Matthew five, what mm-hmm. Matthew six, what and we throw it out the window and we eat every last bite or we're eating constantly. It's like, we're afraid to skip a meal or whatever. We look at our grocery budgets and y- you know, we, we make sure that we're well fed or whatever, but like, what would it look like outside of the fact that like we might lose some of those extra healthy pounds? Um, would it look like if we actually put our money where our mouth was in these situations and actually said, hey, we're going to quit squeezing every cent out of our grocery budget for ourselves and we're going to feed those in need maybe more often. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of an interesting I think more, thought. more times than I would like, um, money dictates my actions with how I interact with people or with how I interact with things. And so, for example... I might feel like I got ripped off at a restaurant or I might feel that I got ripped off somewhere and then my attitude then changes with how I 
either feel about the, those people or about that company or about those things. And then my actions directly reflect that. Or I go, oh my gosh, all right, so my electric bill was this much, so I got to do this this time. Well, I can't help out here or I can't do this because I got to make sure I got to pay this. And it takes way too much of my thought process when there are those, we'll call them, again, we'll go the back land to the landless, that I, I don't think about that are in a much worse situation than I am. And it's like the the selfishness of my money and my thought process when it comes to money at times um, is actually kind of horrible. Um, and really, in a sense, I can almost relate with with those that in minor profits are... are are in that boat where I'm like, well, how many times where I can slam them, but how many times are my, is my own thoughts and even sometimes my actions directly reflective of my, my fear comes to mind, my fear of what, what, what I'm paying or, or what money I have or, or, or even my own selfishness of, well, that's mine. I can choose to do with that money with what I want to. Mm -hmm. And if I want to give it, I will. And if not, well, or this happened to me, so I can't give that. And it's like, no, I've got just as much money as I did before and I'll be just fine. Um, so I find that my own actions actually um, are very similar to, to the issues that the Israelites deal with the minor prophets where sometimes my spending, my money, my selfishness actually very much impacts um, how I treat the landless or how I treat mm -hmm. other people um, who might have jobs that, that get paid less than I do. And, and really, they need the money more than I do. So why am I throwing a little hissy fit or attitude or something, you know? Right. No, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm thinking like I'm thinking myself of Taco Bell earlier. Like, man, I don't want to know if I'm hungry at Scott's house. So I better get something besides just the, the chalupa. Like, I might need to get something else to throw in the belt. It's like, <laughs> dude, I could have saved that like two bucks and giving that to somebody maybe more yeah. so in need. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really, I didn't need the Chalupa either. So like the total bill of $7, I could have like, obviously like <laughs> yeah, maybe bought the meal for the person behind me or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, kind of, or, um, you know, we've got this, uh, food pantry at our church that is always looking for things. They always put out a list of every week of what they need or whatever. And like, I'm all like walking in there proud with like the three rolls of paper towels, which cost me like two dollars and sixty four cents. Yeah, bringing the paper towels they asked for. Like it's like, that, bro, that's not even like I, I spent more than that at Taco Bell. I didn't need today. Right. Like I'm fine, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. Just really trying to put that into perspective and quit. I guess like if if I was preaching on this, I would be like, quit shaking the tree or quit beating the tree or right you know, quit stripping the vineyard kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like kind of convicted now. <laughs> thanks podcast. Ah. <laughs> Actually, I guess thanks Holy spirit. Yeah. But, you know, more yeah, so absolutely. Than, that's what's supposed to come out of scripture. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does. I mean, how many times am I, I feel like convicted is a bad word. And so I don't know if I want to use convicted, not, not because I'm afraid of it, but I think there's, I think I've found myself many times, even within the past week or two, or being like, man, God, I am such a failure. Like, I'm so bad at, at being able to follow and be obedient. Well, con um, convicted is good. It's the, uh, what's the other one that people say is not good? Condemnation. Oh, yeah. Condemnation is when we're like, you're, you're, you know, beating yourself up over it to a greater degree. You're right. And, and but, but I think it's good. Like, everything that I feel, I guess we'll, we'll stick with the word convicted then. Every, every, conviction that I have in regards to my own sin reminds me that much more that I need God's grace, mm -hmm. um, meaning that much more than I need God's provision, um, that much more that I really am spiritually inadequate and, and genuinely need Jesus to help me to be obedient um, in these places. And I guess going back to the Beatitudes, I mean, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness for for they will be satisfied or filled i mean it's, it's one of those that, that in that desire to be obedient god will will help out in those situations but i i'm afraid to say this out loud but if god already knows my thoughts then i'm screwed <laughs> anyway um it's one of those things that if god knows my thoughts <laughs> it's this big surprise to him my sin nature right <laughs> but but I like how God works on my heart. Um, during the time period, it's not always easy. 
but I like... But the end result. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I genuinely am excited when that transformation happens and I see that impact my life and how I relate with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and really how that brings me closer to God and, and how he opens up more opportunities when when that obedience or when that type of when I'm willing to allow God to change me. And scripture does a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, as you it's almost like it's it. there to teach, correct, rebuke. <laughs> I know that's crazy. <laughs> Weird. It's like it's said it's somewhere in there, too. Do, do you mean the Old Testament, too? Uh, man, I don't know. I guess Be careful so. what you say. We might lose listeners. I guess so. <laughs> I guess the Old... It's like... It's like I would call it like the whole council of God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, we're jerks. <laughs> um, <laughs> that heartwarming moment was brought to you by two jerks. <laughs> we should join a, We should start a club. Ding! <laughs> I love that my text message just appeared on my screen. I oh. thought I turned that off. That's right. my wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> so with that, I guess um, we're almost an hour in, so it's not okay. a big deal. We can... Do you have anything else you want to No, I, I feel like or? if we're almost an hour in, going further would be bad. So we yeah. didn't get quite as far as I thought. But I we're was, done with another chapter. Yeah. So maybe we can we can put our nose to the grindstone for 25 a little better and a little less blah, 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 and a little and, more. And, uh, and I was telling Don, I was like, well, 26 is going to be like a one podcast thing. Yeah. It almost has to because it, it all fits together. I got to see if it's um, one I So that's the uh, first fruits and offerings and tithes and... It kind of oh, oh, yeah. goes together. But anyway, and so I told Don, I was like, well, we're like at 26, and it only goes to what? I think Deuteronomy 34 is what we said earlier. Yeah. And I was like, we got to start deciding what we're going to do next. But uh, after today's podcast, we didn't make it very far. I like talking about um, anything. But if you I want... Like making people uncomfortable. Oh, well, I'm good with that. I'm <laughs> making people uncomfortable? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The Bible doesn't always make people comfortable. Makes me uncomfortable all the time. So, but anyway, um, if you have suggestions, um, we have There's an email. Two, what, which, what book we are doing next? Yeah, we don't oh, know yeah. what we're doing next. Um, uh, Bakesh at Outlook.com. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking uh, Old Testament still, so... Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's kind of our tagline. I think yeah. it's like going through the Old Testament book by book or something like that. Okay. So we ought to probably keep it. And there's still a bunch of books left. Yeah. So, so let, let us know if, there, if there's something that um, people don't usually study and you're interested in. Um, you know, we could probably do a couple of like the super minor prophets mm-hmm. as one episode things okay. while also doing like, a you know, summer's here. So it stays, you know, lighter later and I don't have to get up as early in the summer and you don't either. I don't have to get up at all during the summer. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Actually, that, I, I got some. I got a bunch of training and stuff like this, and I've been I've been getting up early because I'm taking my youngest to preschool mm-hmm. before I leave, and I've got to be back in order to take a shower before everybody else leaves, like at seven thirty. So mm-hmm. I get up and run and exercise super early, and it's killing me. And I'm like, once summer hits, I can sleep in like another forty five minutes. I'll be so happy. So so I sleep in until six o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, you sound, <clears throat> like, sound like me. And that's because, uh, you know, 4.30 is my normal time, everybody. And then, so 6, I'm like, See, I'm not that oh, da- hardcore. Yeah. I'm 5 o'clock. Okay. So by the I'm, time I'm not as cool get, as you, but, you know. <laughs> by the time I actually get moving to do something, it's 5 o'clock. I don't know how those people that only get, like, five hours of sleep have the wherewithal to function. I know. Like, I would not do anything. I would... Oh, anyway, hey, anyway, well, thanks so, for listening, yep. guys. Yeah, uh, email us if you have another book to do. Maybe in the summer we can do a couple of uh, minor profit one-offs. There's a couple of uh, very short ones that we could at least mm-hmm. get the gist of or maybe do a couple of shorter episodes on some of the minor profits. Other than That's that... That's a good idea. I didn't even think uh, about that. Yeah, it just popped in my head. We got some Isaiah in there, too. We got some Wait, Ezekiel, which, which could be interesting. And th- those two could be long tracks, oh, obviously. Ezekiel and Isaiah are very long books. Yeah. Um, and Ezekiel, we, we might need a, a couple don't let your kids listen type things. Yeah, I'd probably jump out of the Pentateuch, though. Ooh, Ezekiel, I'm kind of... Anyway, email us, okay. podcast yep. at Outlook.com. <laughs> Until next time, though, thanks for listening. All right, later. Bye.